When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. We're so happy to have you on the One Shot Podcast again. Before we kick things off today, we'd like to remind you, our listeners, that this episode was recorded before Virat Kohli announced his withdrawal from the first two test matches of the series. This comes on the back of a withdrawal announcement on the England side as well, where another big player, Harry Brook, is expected to miss the entirety of the series. India have not yet named a replacement for Virat Kohli, but are expected to do so. Hello and welcome back to the One Shot Podcast, the cricket podcast of the Sports Gazette. Uh, We've been away for a while, but we are back and uh, back with regular episodes, starting with this one. And I'm Ayush, your host for today. I've got Toby and Michael, the usual band with me, as we speak about England, England's tour of India. That's going to be the major talking point today. Uh, but first of all, Toby, let me come to you. How was your holiday season? Any holiday hangover still? Or are we ready to go in the new year? I'm ready to go, yeah. had uh, Same as Michael, we've, we've both got exams to prepare for, some NCTJ stuff, um, which has been been less fun. But... It's been been a good good Christmas, really, and it's been what a month it must have been since our last podcast, probably over a month. Yeah, a little bit over a month. Uh, time went by pretty quickly, but uh, yeah, there was a bit of a break that even we were not uh, foreseeing. But uh, that's how things happen, and now we're back with uh, regular episodes. I can promise that. And Michael, how have you been? Any holiday hangovers for you? No, no hangovers. I'm excited to be back back on the pod. Uh... Had a bit of a break from cricket altogether, to be honest. I haven't really been following it much, but can't wait for England to get back on my TV screen next week. I'm excited. Excited to be podding as well with you guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, even I was away from cricket for a few days, just spending some time at home with family. They were more happy than I was that I was for once giving them more attention than I give to cricket. But anyway, now I'm back to giving all my attention to cricket. Guys, England-India, we're talking about the big, big test series that's coming up. It always is when both these teams play, whether it's in England or in India. And of course, there's more, there's just so much more, uh, I could say, in a way, drama around it when they are playing in India, which is the case this time. But let's start, first of all, I'll say with the elephant in the room, Harry Brooke is going to be missing the entire test series. It's not just going to be one or two test matches, but... Due to reasons we don't know, they're saying it's personal uh, and that he's gone back home uh, from Dubai uh, in the UAE where they were having their camp uh, ahead of ahead of the store and he will not be part of the series. Dan Lawrence, who has played in India in the past, has uh, come in to replace Harry Brook. Uh, Toby, let me start with you. How big a miss is this? I have very mixed feelings about it. I think... Harry Brook as a batter could be a big miss. However, I think it opens up the or, or closes off the selection more and makes the selection hopefully a bit more obvious. Um, 
and might allow Ben Folks to to get into the side, which I was a bit worried he wouldn't. So I think Harry Brooking himself would have been in hundred percent been in mine and probably most people's starting eleven um for the for the test series. And I think he is a world class batter and, and will continue to to develop. He's still only only young, so I think he's got a lot of potential and and we hope that everything is okay with him, of course. But I think it it's a bit of a it's a shame that he can't play play in the series. He could have been very, very useful in that middle order where England have been really strong over the last of two years. Um, but I, I do think that it makes selection a little bit easier for for Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, which which I do like. And and I, I really do hope Ben Folks gets a, gets a gig in all five games now. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you speak of Ben Folks. We are going to come, uh, we are going to talk about our predictions for who's what's going to be England and India for that matter. They're playing 11, at least for the first test match. And we'll see how things go from there. But yeah, Ben Folks is an interesting point. Before we come to that, Michael, uh, do you agree with Toby on the Harry Brook dilemma? Or do you think they're just going to be, like Toby said, he has a bit of mixed feelings about that. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I the ECB have actually they clarified their first statement. So they said that he could actually return to the tour at some point. Um, so we might we might see him play in some of the later tests. We're not, we don't know yet. Obviously, we, no one knows what uh, the issue is. Um, it's obviously a massive shame because everyone wants to. Every England fan wants to see him play. He's one of our best batsmen. But yeah, like Toby said, does open a door for Ben Folks. Um, I don't think it kind of. I don't think the door is wide open. I think it's kind of slightly ajar because I mean you got Ollie Pope in there at three. Um, Joe Root, Ben Stokes, and then you got to get Johnny Bairstow in there as well. I think so. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough call for the for whoever's selecting the team, uh, Stokes and Baz. But yeah, I, yeah, I suppose it's always good to look on the bright side, look at the opportunities that it's creating rather than the Harry Brook missing out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you mentioned, we if that is the case, since England have issued a clarification that Harry Brook might be back, I'm sure they would be they would welcome that with open arms, given how he's played, uh, given how he's been playing, especially in the test format for England. What I I mean, where I feel that, you know, this is a bit of a big miss is given how he played on the tour of Pakistan. Uh, I would say probably, was it last year or sometime late 22? I can't even remember exactly. But yeah, that was his really, the, these series where he really announced himself, didn't he, in the test format. And just the kind of game that he played in that series, uh, personifying the baseball way of playing test cricket. Yeah, I think he would he would have carried a lot of confidence from that series. I know it's been a while since that. A lot of things have happened uh, in across formats for him and for England as well since then. But given that he played well in similar conditions, I wouldn't say the same because some of those wickets in Pakistan were absolute flat roads, if I can say that. But um, yeah, I thought he would have carried a lot of confidence. There's nothing you can do now. If big player's missing, he's missing. Uh, another big player who's going to be missing, guys, Stuart Broad. And that's that's someone who's not coming back. So life without Stuart Broad begins for England. Uh, Michael, let me start with you on this one. We know, of course, that a guy who's who's got so many test wickets, one of the greats of all time, not just for England, but the history of the game in this format is going to be a huge miss. But how much do you think that factor is going to play? 
Yeah, I mean, it it will definitely be different not seeing him running in. Uh, but I mean, it's it's really tough because I mean, you got Jimmy Anderson, of course, but he's forty one now. You know, I don't think we can expect him to play in every test. Um, so I think there will be lots of rotation amongst the bowlers. What's interesting about the squad at the moment is the amount of spinners, right? Um, especially the young guys, Tom Hartley and Shaab Bashir coming in. Um, I mean, I I don't know how they'll set up the bowling lineup. Are they going to give Joe Root more overs, give him more impetus? We'll see. You know, it's a lot of unknowns. Kind of how they how we move forward without Stuart Broad. But I mean, I think we got we got Ollie Robinson in there who can kind of take his place. Mark Wood as well. He's obviously a bit, always a bit of a, he's got injury issues all the time, but I think we can definitely cope without him. Kind of just hoping that Jimmy gets his form back because he was, he didn't have a good summer. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does on the Indian pitches. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, there's no shortage of talent, I would say, uh, definitely in the in this England team and experience as well, because Stuart Broad won't play. But if you're just looking at this India series where, uh, you're not definitely not expecting them in any of the games to play uh, three or four frontline fast bowlers uh, with Jimmy Jimmy Anderson also expected to play. I would say most of the matches with his experience and Jimmy being Jimmy. Toby, who do you think takes Stuart Broad's place right away? Just looking at the first test right now. Holly Robinson, Mark Wood. Is it just, is this going to be Mark Wood's chance to play more regularly for England and just unleash his pace. Yeah, I, I think Mark Wood is probably going to be England's second seam. I, I can't imagine England will play three seamers too often in in India. Um, partly because I don't think any of their batting would be would be quite strong enough um, of the of the seamers we've got on the tour, and, and they might consider consider that option. Plus, I mean, looking just at what the pitches have been like in India over the last few years. They generally have turned from day one and turned a huge amount. When you look at 2021, when England were last there, Joe Root took a fifer, um, and it, and it, wickets were falling at a sort of terrific rate. So, I think Stuart Broad will obviously be a big miss, and, and possibly more so in the dressing room. I can't imagine he'd have played too many games uh, similar to to Anderson. They'll probably have played three, and I think Anderson will probably only play three matches out there. Sort of play the first, the third, and the fifth, maybe, um, so to see how he goes, I guess. But yeah, I think Mark Woods and Gus Atkinson as well could be quite key um, with a bit of extra pace that they have. And I don't know whether it is just the the fact that I'm now trying to be a bit optimistic with the fact we've got no Harry Brook and no Stuart Broad. But I think in some ways England have an easier job of selection, which kind of reassures me a bit more knowing how poor sometimes England's selection can be. That that it almost reassures me with the fact that they have less opportunity to to muck up <laughs> who they're going to select and and therefore how badly it can possibly go. And I think it's going to be a tough tour for England, but I think, I don't think Stuart Broad would have been the key even when he was playing and he was at his pump. You look back a few years ago and, and Jimmy massively outbowled Stuart Broad's um, throughout that test series. And I think possibly it would have been the same again and, and similar from the other options England had. Toby, do you think Gus Atkinson was ahead of Ollie Robinson kind of in the pecking order? I think they're they're different options. I think Ollie Robinson is is your sort of Jimmy Anderson backup, and I think Gus Atkinson is your Mark Wood backup. I think if if Jimmy and Wood could play five Test matches each, one hundred percent, no chance of injury. I think they probably would play play them. Maybe you play Ollie Robinson 
over Jimmy on one or two of them just for a bit of of difference. But I think Mark Wood would would have Mark Wood would one hundred percent play um, every game if if he was fit and he wasn't an injury risk. And I think Gus Atkinson's almost there more as a as a sort of maybe not quite nice mile an hour, but as someone who has a lot more pace than Robinson and Anderson um, and might be able to rush some of the Indian batters. I think that's probably yeah. more their thinking. Do you think Joe Root will have kind of more more of a impetus in our bowling lineup than he has before? Um, possibly not than before, just because he has taken a five for an India um, in just a couple of years ago. So I, I personally would be using Root as a, as a fifth bowler, possibly depending on how Stokes has been in the nets. I know he's almost stopped bowling seam and started bowling off spin. So maybe that's that's his thinking that he could be a, sixth, a fifth bowler, sixth bowler with a bit of spin. Um I, I'd probably be looking, yeah, that way with folks at seven. Um, but I'm sure we'll get onto our, our teams later. Sure, Root as well. I think the fact that he bowls and on just the previous tour, like Toby, you mentioned earlier, he got a five for it just gives England that option to play those two frontline spinners, can depend a little bit on Joe Root as well, and then play those two seamers who are experienced. Of course, with Jimmy being one of them in most of the games, Wood Robinson have also played quite a lot of test cricket. Uh, rather than unleashing three spinners, two of which would be fairly, quite inexperienced, I would say, because, I mean, Jack Leach is the only one who's got decent test match experience right now, if you look at the spinners, the frontline spinners in this England team. But um, yeah, uh, it gives them that option. And just talking about Jimmy Anderson a little bit more, I read recently, there was an article, I think it was in The Telegraph, uh, where Jimmy says that, He's worked on a new run-up after the Ashes. And he was very disappointed after that Ashes series, uh, which, of course, we can imagine he would be, given the high standards he's set for himself for a couple of decades now. But he's worked on a new run-up, which he's confident about. He's looking forward to, he's excited about that on the store of India. Of course, we know he's, he can't play all five matches, given he's a fast bowler and he's 41 years old. But, Toby, do you think... In the matches that he plays, he's going to have a really big hand or he's, you know, he's going to have a really big impact, I should say. I think so. I mean, I think Jimmy has a, a very good record from memory in in India. I'll see if I can get up now. But I think he he sort of suits it quite nicely. He's generally very miserly with with his runs when he when he plays, even in the Ashes when he didn't bowl that well. He generally didn't get hit for many runs, which I think is quite key particularly in India where he's almost going to have to play more of a containing role when he does bowl for, for large proportions of it. And he's also a master of reverse swing, which could be very crucial um, when the ball does get, get dry and, and old and, and what 60 over 70 overs, you don't really just want to be relying on, on Jack Leach and, and, a, and effectively a, a new test spinner to try and take you wickets throughout the whole match. You want someone like Jimmy and, and Mark Wood who can bowl reverse swing to try and get you get you a few wickets where possible. And, and that could be quite crucial. I mean, I remember he had a really good spell um, where I think he took three wickets pretty much within an over last time out in India. Um, and what got the ball hooping back in. Did he get Kohli or, or Pajara or someone through the gate? He did, um, yeah. Someone, someone else possibly leaving the ball. Um, and yeah, just had it on a string basically, and and that is what he can do when he's when he is bowling as well as he can bowl. So I think that could be pretty pretty key. Yeah, again, I think as you mentioned, his his ashes, 
was very, very underwhelming, which is a bit of a shame that that maybe he has passed it is what a lot of people will be saying and are saying. Um, I think he's still got it probably. And you can tell he's still hungry from all his interactions with the media, doing podcasting and everything. He's He talks about how he really wants to keep going and doesn't really seem to be suggesting that he's going to be retiring. So I'd assume that he will continue on for a few years longer and, and could be very crucial. I think if he bowls well in India... England have a much, much better chance than, than if he doesn't. And that obviously sounds very obvious, but I think it's it'll be key how Anderson bowls because if he's leaking runs, that's just going to set a bad tone and it will probably continue throughout. Whereas if he starts off, starts off well with the new ball, then I think that could be really key. Yeah, I mean, many people even forget his contribution in that 2012 series uh, where, as it still remains, the last team to beat India in India in a full test series. Uh, where it was all about Monty Panesar and Graham Swan. And, uh, you know, it was all the major talk was about their bowling. Of course, it was the most important factor in England winning that series, I think, because you had two high quality spinners, and that's what you need uh, to win a series in India. But Jimmy did get some crucial wickets as well. He bowled those long spells, um, running in the heat uh, in cities like Mumbai, and it was, it was tough. But yeah. He did have a role to play in that as well. Of course, that was 11 years ago when he was 30 years old. He's 41 now. Things are different. But Michael, do you think, as Toby said, Jimmy still got it? And he's going to be he's going to be one of the guys to look out for on this tour of India? I really hope so, yeah, because he's a legend. Everyone loves him. Um, and I, yeah, like Toby was saying, I think his opening the bowling early wickets which is going to be so crucial for us because with the other bowlers we've got in the squad you know we don't really without Stuart Broad we we don't really have any kind of senior figures um I mean Jack Leach is our most senior spinner uh, and then I mean Mark Rod Mark Wood and Ollie Robinson I don't know I mean Mark Wood will get you wickets but I think yeah Jimmy's just so so crucial he'll be so crucial in this tour um getting kind of the likes of Rowett, Shubman Gill, Virat, you know, those big wickets, you need a player like Jimmy Anderson, I think. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully he improves his form compared to what he was in the summer because it was quite poor. I agree with you guys on that as well. That You can never count Jimmy Anderson out. doesn't matter whether he's 41 years old, he's 30, whatever. It's you, the guy who's picked the most wickets for a pace bowler in Test cricket history, you can't just ever count him out wherever he's playing. But guys, let me just put put the big question. That's something that always everyone talks about. I want to get both your views on that. It's going to be as simple as it. Will baseball work in India? Toby, let me go with you first on this. I I think it will work, but whether it works enough to win, I think is, is another question. I think England will probably have a better opportunity playing in an aggressive manner than trying to block it out and trying to grind out a result. I mean, you, you saw 2021, like, like we keep going back to it because it was only a few years ago with a very similar kind of team or, or a very different kind of team, but a very similar outfit and a similar names. And Joe Root was the only one who really scored any runs throughout. No one else really made anything, any major contributions. And, and Joe Root showed that his class, basically. Everyone else seemed to struggle. And I, I think it would be similar if, if England tried to play not in their best way. I think Basel ha- isn't necessarily the fact that just being ultra aggressive means they're going to score runs. I think it's just 
that is their best style. I think all of the England batters look a lot better when they're trying to be aggressive, trying to be proactive, and they will make mistakes. But I think you're just as likely to let Jadeja and Ashwin and, and Axar Patel bowl you out and, and confuse you and, and take hundreds of wickets, which they probably still will anyway. But I think they're they're more likely to do so if if England try and don't really score any runs. And I think that'll be really key um, throughout. But I also think India will will win the Test Series. Well, Michael, I mean, like Toby mentioned about baseball, there's so much said about defence, isn't it? Against the likes of Ravichandran Ashwin, Jadeja, Akshar Patel, Kuldeep, if he plays, I think he's down in the pecking order of spinner of the quality of Kuldeep because of what the other three can do with the bat as well. Do you think attack is the best form of defence against this trio of spinners? Yeah, there's no there's no point changing what we've been doing. You know, Basball's been effective uh, ever since they've come in and changed the style. I think it's kind of re-energised, reinvigorated English test cricket after a period of kind of very disappointing results. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just because we're playing in India, we've got to, it doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, stick to the principles. And I 100% agree with Toby, like all our batters look far better, you know, attacking the likes of Crawley. I think Crawley is... He's the player I'm most excited to watch in this series, um, just because of how good he's been uh, when he's kind of attacking. So yeah, I, I, I think yeah, we'll definitely lose the test. I'm pretty certain of that. But as long as we go down, you know, we'll have a fight. It's okay. Well, a little bit of mystery from our predictions has been taken away already with both of you predicting. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the score lines as well later when we get to the predictions. But yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean. Uh, yeah, England shouldn't change the way that they've been playing, what the kind of cricket that's been getting them a lot of success. Let's just stick to that. Uh, Kevin Peterson recently spoke about, you know, the importance of defending and being solid at your defence when playing in India. But it was his attacking style of play that was, I think, one of the defining moments of the 2012 series. Uh, the 180 odd that he got at the Wankhede, and I was there. I saw that innings. The way he took, he just took the attack to the Indian team in Mumbai on that day. And I think someone like Zach Crawley can probably do that, and that's his role up top. If he can just find form, you'd expect Harry Brook to play very similar to Kevin Peterson in that middle order, but he's not there now. The others will play that way as well. Like you know, we've seen Joe Root as well playing so much attacking cricket in this basketball era. But I know I have a feeling that someone like Zach Crawley, given his height, his long reach uh, to the spinners, can really take the attack to them as well. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think if England continue to play attacking cricket, it makes for a very, very interesting series in my mind. Because if the opposition team just gets into that defensive mode, it's just a matter of time before Ashwin Jadeja, Akshar Patel are going to get the better of you. I mean, then it's, it's literally just a waiting game. You know the result, you're just waiting for it to happen. So, yeah, we, we'll see how that happens. Moving on to the other side of the, the other side of things, the Indian team. Since that series that we've already highlighted quite a few times in 2012 against England, India have lost just three test matches in all in the last 11 years playing at home. And two of those losses were to Australia 
in separate series and one was to England in Chennai uh, the last time that England played in India. It has always been a challenge playing in India, going there, but uh, Toby, what, I mean, I know, I think we all know the answer to this, but what is it? I mean, why is just, it's not that quality spinners haven't gone to England in the last 10, 11 years. We've seen Australia as well take a quality spin attack. New Zealand in the past take quality spin attacks to uh, India, but they've just not been able to get the job done over a series. Is it just, I mean, what is it? What plays, you, in your opinion, what plays the biggest role in those conditions as series goes on? I think there's obviously a few major factors. I think for me, the, the biggest thing, I think it's quite interesting you mentioned the spin attacks. I, I, I think actually that is the big difference. I don't think other teams have the quality spin attacks that India have. I think Ashwin and Jadeja are probably the two best spinners in the world or two of the best three, maybe with Nathan Lyon, but 100% the best two in home conditions in India, in Asia. Nathan Lyon's got a pretty poor record generally in Asia. Um, whereas Jadeja and Ashwin have been unbelievable for the past decade. And then the second Axar came in in 2021. It made it even harder um, when you had that all three of them, really. I mean, Coldeep, as you mentioned, doesn't even really get a look in most of the time. Um, and I think that is the big difference. You look at England in 2021 had Don Bess and Jack Leach um, and I didn't look very good. Jack Leach bowled well and looked all right, but Don Bess never really had it. Um Australia were relying on Matt Kuhneman, who had barely played a test match and, and hasn't played one since, I don't think. Um, and, and he obviously played well and bowled well again, but but he, they're not really the same quality. And even Nathan Lyons not in the same same sort of conversation as, as Jadeja and Ashwin in India. Um, and New Zealand as well, you mentioned. Um, Jeet, not Jeetan Patel. Who's who's there? Jaz Patel. Ajaz Patel, that's it. Um, yeah, who, who took 10 for. He took 10 wickets in one innings and bowled unbelievably well. But yet again, I don't think, I think part of the reason he managed to take 10 was that no one else looked like taking a wicket more than he was taking all of them. Um, so I think, yeah, again, when you compare any spin attack around the world or from the teams outside of Asia in particular, they look pretty poor really compared to, to Jadeja and Ashwin. And I think when you add in that, Virat Kohli's there um, and and the sort of very, very good batting attack that India have, it means that it's always going to be going to be trouble. And I, I think actually the the way the pitches have been sort of changing over the last few years and actually becoming a lot more spin friendly and, and a lot more random almost, I think, it almost yeah. brings in England into a better opportunity because it's almost turning into a bit more luck. I think you saw the way that Australia managed to win last time out was because it was almost that okay in India at what some point aren't going to score some runs and at some point Travis Head's going to score some runs because he's a he's a quality batsman it's it's a bit of luck in some ways and I think actually that could be a, a major a major factor and, and a bit of a um a bit of a problem for India is if they're all the wickets almost go too far to the other end where it's so spin heavy that someone like Jack Leach can just have a field day someone like Joe Root can have a field day and take five for um and then it's almost a bit of a luck as to who gets some runs. I mean, this England team is full of a lot of characters and a lot of guys who you think will stand up at some point and and hit an unbelievable 50-60, which could be match-winning in a low-scoring game. With this Indian team, I mean, like you mentioned very rightly, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, that 
when it just becomes too spin heavy, it kind of tends to backfire on India as well at times. We saw we saw with Australia, like you mentioned, uh, the last time the test match that they won, uh, where we just out bowled India. And um, we saw it with the World Cup final as well, where just a very slow wicket ended up completely backfiring on India, uh, who were expected to win that World Cup final quite convincingly, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, if if we do get more of those wickets and if England just get a look in, win a good toss and put India into pressure very early, we could see maybe them winning more than one match as well. And that would be a little bit interesting for me. Uh, I'd like to see at least some kind of a fight here. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, I know it's it's maybe it's asking for too much right now, but going into a final test match with things square and uh, the kind of pressure on the Indian team as well and how they handle it. Because, yeah, they are not used to test series in India going down to the wire. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if England can spring more than one surprise on the series as well. Coming to the Indian batting lineup, Michael, Rohit Sharma's kind of, I would say, I don't know if it's safe to say that he's a bit hurt right now with everything that's been going on uh, in his life as well off the field with the Mumbai Indians uh, controversy and the captaincy thing there. But yeah, he he looked good in that T20, the 100 that he made against Afghanistan recently. He's been batting really well the past few months, uh, starting with the World Cup, actually. Uh, didn't have a great South Africa series, but can't really say any batter had a good series down in South Africa. But do you think this five-test series in India is going to be Rohit Sharma series? Do you think he is the most important batter in the series, despite guys like Kohli or KL Rahul actually being in better form? Yeah, no, I think I think Kohli is the, the the big fish in there. I think like his performances of the World Cup were just insane. I mean, Rohit had a good World Cup as well. Uh, obviously, I know it's a different format, but it's still transfers, you know. Um, honestly, I'd, I'm I'm not sure. I, I, is he going to open with uh, Jaiswal? Yes, he will open with Jaiswal. Yeah, and then Shubman Gill number yep. three. Yes, yeah. Gill, Kohli, Ayer, and Rahul to follow. Interesting, yeah, because I think there's been a lot of talk that KL Rahul might slide into the top three, yeah. which I which yeah. I think would be yeah, there is talk. Yeah, possibly. Do, do you think Ayush that his his keeping isn't up to the same standard? Maybe is is the issue or or, or what do you think the thought process would be there? Because I, I think he looks quite good down the order at, at number six. Definitely. Well, quite nicely. I prefer him at number six. The way he played in South Africa as well, of course, very, very different conditions. But he's taken that middle order role. Uh, he's just made it his own in the longer formats. We saw it in the World Cup as well. He's coming in at number five, sometimes six on the odd occasion. But he's he's been doing so well in the middle order. And since then, he's been saying that he's really keen on playing the wicketkeeper, uh, batter, middle-order role in Test cricket as well, which he did really well in South Africa. Uh, of course, that 100 in very tough conditions. And after that, another decent innings uh, in that short, very short series in South Africa as well. But yeah, of course, his keeping, I think it's going to take time for him to be be a really solid wicketkeeper because he's he's never done this. Uh, in test cricket especially, where your keeping is really, really put to the test. Uh, 
when you're playing overseas it's with the ball moving around and when you're playing in india it's keeping up right up to the stumps to the spinners so he's not really been tested so i'm sure india will be worried a little bit about his wicket keeping but i don't see that as a reason for him not to play that role cuz him playing that number 6 role and keeping wickets just gives india so much more flexibility with the entire rest of the batting order uh, even going to a little bit of the lower middle order as well so yeah i mean again i having said that i don't know if it's long term because once rishabh pant is fit there's no way you can keep him out of test cricket especially there is an argument that you can keep him out of the other formats given that he hasn't really uh you know he hasn't really played to his potential in the shorter formats but especially in test cricket i don't think you can keep him out once he's fit so we'll see how that works out once rishabh pant is back in the future but for now yeah i think kl rahul at number 6 is the best shout for india there are a couple couple of other options wicket keeping options out there in the squad yeah there's shrikar bharat is one uh, who has played for india a little bit in the past year or two uh, again his batting hasn't been up to the mark but in these conditions you can expect him to really do well and he'll be coming into the series on the back of um a very good innings for uh, india a against the england lions just a couple of days back where i think he scored 100 or something around that on the final day of that of that match but uh, he's an option and dhruv jurel is the other wicketkeeper with ishan kishan missing out with again uh, some off field controversies going on with ishan and the bcci and the team management but um, yeah he because ishan kishan would have been the obvious choice if not kl rahul given that he's the most experienced out of the lot and um, it's about time that he plays a bit of test cricket as well but uh, he's missing out and dhruv jurel another exciting talent we saw him in the ipl with rajasthan as well uh, the last season where he had some really good innings and uh, he's known to do well in this format as well so yeah we'll i don't think those guys are going to get in a look until there's an injury but like you mentioned toby if they just end up going with kl rahul in top 3 and sitting either gill or yashasvi out then i think shrikar bharat is the guy who slots in right away in that wicketkeeper position at number 6 i wouldn't be surprised if if at some point during the series whether it's at the beginning or or after a few test matches kerr who does end up opening the batting or batting at 3 mm-hmm. possibly just because that that in india it always seems like someone's under pressure and i think it does seem like that gill is that man at the moment um which is which is a bit harsh because i think he's absolutely world class and I think he'd fit perfectly into the England sides um but I think may- maybe at some point that that might be the option I, that they take I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you that he does look like the guy under pressure which is I mean in any other team in the world I don't think he would have had that kind of pressure in the batting order given how just how good he is but um, yeah that's what happens in Indian cricket with the abundance of options in batting that you have and there are so many guys setting out as well who could easily slot in and many other teams in the world so yeah we'll see how that goes uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on where kl rahul bats as well and the shubman gill yashasvi jaiswal dilemma as well but guys let's quickly get into our predictions then starting with the playing 11 for both teams toby let's start with you on this one you're playing 11 for england 
So I've gone for, I think, a fairly expected one, maybe. I don't know. I'm interested to see what, what you guys have predicted. But I've gone for Duckett and Crawley to open. I think mm -hmm. they're dead set, really. I've gone for Ollie Pope at three, who actually I had missing out originally when Harry Brook was in the squad. Um, and I think he could be under a lot of pressure. He's not the greatest player of spin. His records, particularly in the county championship, um, his his strike rate in particular looks pr is pretty low. Um, test matches less so, I think. So there's, there's maybe an op option there for him to really show opportunity. Sorry, to show how good he could be. Root at four, and then I've gone for Bearstow five, Stokes six, and Folks taking the gloves at seven. I, I think you have to have your best keeper there. I think also Ben Folks as a batter. He's very, very good. And everyone seems to forget that because his keeping is so, so good that it's almost that his batting doesn't seem at that same level. And I think he, he is a fantastic batter. Um, Bowling-wise, I've gone two spinners, two seamers, I thought it's probably their best option with Root as kind of your fifth fifth option. I've gone for Leach and Ahmed, I think, um, will probably be a two spinners. Leach, definitely. I think Rian Ahmed probably is the most experienced, particularly in test cricket. He's, he's played before. Um, and he offers you something a bit different being a leg spinner um, whether he will actually sort of come good and, and get a load of wickets is, is yet to be seen and and I guess we'll have to wait and see how how the Indians play him and then Seema Wise as I mentioned I think Anderson and Woods are your go-to and maybe throughout the series you you drop in at Atkinson and, and Robinson as and when fitness and um, and injuries might might take a toll um, I'm going to save everyone a bit of time and not read through my 11 because it's exactly the one that Toby mentioned. Toby, we've had a few disagreements during the World Cup with our predictions, but this one, I think we're on the same page. And just like you mentioned, Ben Fokes definitely needs to play wicket-keeping in these conditions because it's, it's going to come down to those small chances. And I think, uh, you know, the stumping chances or the, you know, those tough catches uh, with a faint edge to the spinners, things like that. And I think... Ben Folks definitely a lot more suited, you know, behind the stumps than Johnny Besto is. Kind of a blessing in disguise now to play both of them in your 11 as well, with Harry Brook not being there. Uh, Michael, your 11, is it the same or are we seeing a few changes? Uh, yes, it's exactly the same. Oh, um, wow. I'm trying to think of what I can change to kind of spice it up a bit. Uh, maybe chuck Dan Lawrence in, uh, but no. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's pretty set. I mean, Ollie Pope had some fitness issues, um, so but I think he's back to one hundred percent now, and we should see him at number three. Um, and yeah, I definitely want folks starting as keeper because I think Johnny Bairstow just makes a lot of mistakes uh, in Test wicket keeping. So, and Ben Folks is just so consistent, and um, he's not well. He's not the kind of Basball batter like Bairstow is. Um, he might kind of give us a little bit of calm in a very attacking batting order. So, yeah, I've gone with, yeah. And Ray and Ahmed, I can't wait. So I really want Ray and Ahmed to have a good series and just keep showing how good he is. Kind of him and Jack Leach kind of hopefully will complement each other quite well. And yeah, so yeah, exactly the same, sadly. <laughs> I, I think the one the one thing where it might differ is if they don't fancy sorry, if they if they do fancy Johnny Bairstow as the keeper yeah. and they and they'd rather an extra bowler in there, which which could be an option. Um so you may have Bairstow keeping at, at, and batting at six 
Um, and, and it would allow maybe Bashir or Hartley to come in. I I think I the one thing that I assume that they might play three seamers and, and two spinners throughout the series. The one thing that maybe's put me off it is the fact that they've only got four of them on the tour. And I think that's a slightly weird squad selection choice to have four seamers if you're playing three of them each match. Um and particularly the way that Indian pitches have been over the last few years, they do favour spinners so much that I think you can almost have Wood and Anderson take the new ball, um, bowl for bowl a few overs each, and then you've got Rian Ahmed and Jack Leach basically bowling throughout, throwing Joe Root if you've got a few left-handers at the crease or something, um, and maybe the occasional overs over few overspell from Wood and Anderson throughout. But otherwise, I wouldn't be surprised if it is just... Jack Leach from one end and, and whoever the other spinner might be, probably Rian Ahmed from the other. Uh, I think the selections of Hartley and Bashir, they kind of show that we're not going to, I think we're going to play two seamers. Because, um, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't have to call up Hartley and Bashir, if you know what I mean. Like they're quite, like Bashir in particular has only just broken through. He's really young. He's not played too many matches. So, yeah, uh, I think it's... Uh, I think they definitely would have brought in another seamer to the squad if they were going to play free. One of the features of of this uh, style of play under Stokes and McCullum for England has also been a lot of clarity of thought, I would say, where you know they've not been afraid along with to play the kind of cricket that they've done to even back some of their decisions with selection. And uh, that's where I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting them to get too carried away on, uh, you know, a rank turner or a very spin-friendly pitch to just play, you know, two of those two really inexperienced spinners who might get smacked out of the park, uh, very understandably missing their lines and lengths, given their inexperience and backing, um, you know, some of their experienced seam bowlers. So, yeah, I think that's another feature that, you know, I've seen of this Stokes and McCullum era and I'm expecting England uh, for that reason, to stick to those two spinners and depending on Joe Root as well to come in and get a couple of crucial wickets and break a couple, few partnerships here and there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Quickly moving on to India's 11 as well. Um, Toby, your 11 for India. Yeah, I think we've kind of touched upon it. Um, I think you've got, as we mentioned, Jaiswal and, and Rohit to open. Gill at three, Kohli definitely in at four, comfortably. Shreyas Iyer, Kale Rahul. I, I, I think Kale Rahul should take the gloves. He, he proved himself in South Africa. Um, but I can't, as I mentioned, I kind of can see them, them maybe shuffling it around a bit. Um, and then what, Jadeja, Akshar, Ashwim as your three spinners. And then Mohamed Siraj and, and Jasper Bumrah as, as your seam attack. It's I think it kind of sort of picks itself that 11. Um because they have been so good for, for such a long time now. Um, and I mean, no Mohamed Shami, I think he's got a, a bit of a niggle. So um, when he's fit, then maybe there's a bit of a selection dilemma as your sort of pace attack. Maybe you, they might pick three men and, and drop one of the spinners. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and I think if and when they do pick um, Patel, Jadeja and Ashwin, I think that'll almost say to England that, you don't need to pick three seamers. And, and if England pick three seamers and just the one spinner or, or weaken their batting lineup because of it and, and India have three spinners, I think that would be very, very confusing for me. Just thinking of it from a logical standpoint, the only point of contention in selection in this Indian team would be uh, 
Akshar, because he is similar to Ravindra Jadeja, both left-arm orthodox bowlers, given that you also have Kuldeep Yadav in the squad, but there's still, I don't think there's any discussion there that Akshar Patel will play with both Ashwin and Jadeja, at least to start off uh, until, you know, something just happens out of the blue as the series goes along. Because his batting as well, Akshar Patel, brilliant fielder. Uh, we, given that, you know, some of these England players will have uh, what he did in the 2021 series at the back of their heads, uh, that's always a big factor. I mean, you always think that, okay, it's been a couple of years plus since then, but these mind games are always part of uh, these big occasions and big series. So, yeah, I, I think, like you said, Toby, absolutely agree. This team picks itself. Michael, any surprises there in your 11 for India? No, no, I had the same 11. Yeah. Um, not much to add, to be honest. I think uh, you've covered it quite well. I'm just waiting for, for both, well, all of our predictions, our two team predictions to be completely wrong now. And England <laughs> have selected five seamers somehow. They've they've called someone else up and Harry Brooks back in the team and, and who knows what's going on. But I, I think generally that, that would be the sort of the two 11s that most people would pick. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I also agree that uh, we shouldn't be surprised if all our predictions have gone for a toss uh, on the morning of the 25th when uh, the captains are at the toss and they announce their 11s. So we'll see how that works out. Now moving to most runs and most wickets. Uh, Michael, let me start with you on this one. Who do you think is going to be the top run scorer of this series and the top wicket taker? Um, I mean, I've, I've got Virat Kohli. As the top run scorer, it's pretty boring. But I want to throw Zach Crawley in there as well, just because I think he could have a good series. I, he's just he's so good. Him and Joe Root, I think, are the the big ones for England. Um, but yeah, I think if I'm going with my head, it's Virat. Um, Shreya Zaire as well. I think he could have a decent series. I mean, he's a really exciting batter, but he does play quite attacking. Um, which might kind of hinder him a little bit. But yeah, Coley and Crawley are my two top batsmen in the series, I think. Uh, Toby, what about you? I think this is a tough one, Um, just because I think all of the Indian batters will score runs and, and none of the English ones will. Um, I, I, I'd i be tempted to say Shubman Gill as, as the leading run score for India. I think he's, on, he's a bit got a bit of pressure on him, as we mentioned, but I can kind of see him maybe scoring a few in, in that first test and, and putting the, the doubts to bed. England-wise, I think it's got to be Joe Root, really. I think he's he's done it before. He's a very, very good player of spin. Um, and assuming what the pitches will be like, I think he's the only one really with an opportunity. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Zach Crawley makes us the 50-60 at some point and a lot of the batters chip in. It's just whether that's enough um, throughout the series, really. So th- those would be my two suggestions. Yeah, I've got, I've got Virat Kohli and Joe Root as well, going with uh, the obvious choices over there. Uh, not too many surprises for me. But definitely, Virat Kohli has found his form again the last year, year and a half or so. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be hungry for some test hundreds now. He's been getting them in the ODIs, in the World Cup, a little bit in the T20s as well. But um, he's going to be hungry for a test hundred very soon, uh, given that while I think he was the best batter on that tour of South Africa, uh, there were no hundreds there. And I think he's not going to be happy about that. 
given the kind of high standard he sets for himself. And once I think Kohli gets 100, it's just the runs are just going to keep flowing for him. And uh, we might see a double hundred in there as well. We'll see, but I think he's he's gonna uh, he's gonna do the job for India. And Joe Root, like you mentioned, Toby, absolutely agree with you on that one. Let me start with my leading wicket takers for the series. I I'm just gonna go out and say Ravindra Jadeja. Uh, give him the more right-handed, heavy uh, England batting lineup as well. Uh, that's not to say that Ravi Chandran Ashwin wouldn't thrive against this team because it doesn't matter whether it's left-handed batsman or right-handed batsman. Ravi Chandran Ashwin is going to be a factor throughout the series. But I just feel Ravindra Jadeja is going to end up as the highest wicket taker. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you guys think, Toby? I actually think Jack Leach might get more wickets than Jadeja, Ashwin and Axar just because he's not got anyone else to compete to take wickets against. I think he'll probably end up bowling 40 overs in a day, every day of the test match that England bowl in. Um, whereas I think Axar will almost be playing second fiddle and having to wait to get the ball behind Ashwin and Jadeja, who in themselves will be competing against each other to try and take wickets. Um, and I think they'll all have spells where they take four or five wickets and, and tear through England's batting lineup. But, it's it's whether they one of them can do it consistently. I, I'd be tempted to say Ashwin probably out of the Indian Indian three to to take wickets just because he is that point of difference. He bowls offies or or generally bowls offies compared to the two left armers um, who might be be more sort of easier to to interchange with. So I think he might be the one who bowls more, and he is so deadly in India as well. Would you also pick Jack Leach to be your player of the series then if he's going to end up getting so many wickets? No, I, I don't think he will be the player of the series. I, I think it's just because he'll end... If England want to take 20 wickets, I think in, in a test match, Jack Leach is probably taking 10 of them. Um, just And I, I don't think England will take 20 wickets that often necessarily, but um, I think Jack Leach will probably... I think he might get hit around for a bit, and I think India will look to take the attack to Jack Leach, as, as lots of teams have done in the past. But I think he will end up taking wickets just because of the sheer number of overs. Um, that he he bowls. Michael, what about you? Yeah, I think Jack Leach definitely an interesting shout. Um, but I'm going Jasper at Bumrah just because I know spin is. I know you're all talking about spin, Indian pitches and all that. But I said I think people sleep on Jasper Bumrah a bit because he's just so good. Like I remember when we did our predictions for the World Cup, we didn't actually mention Bumrah that much. Um, we were kind of talking about like Mitchell Stark and a few of the spinners. But Jasper Brummer is just so consistent. I mean, I might be kind of, my my judgment might be a bit clouded because I just watched the highlights of the fifth day of the second test in 2021 where Brummer got quite a few wickets. I mean, Siraj also bowled really well, but uh, Siraj was rubbish in the World Cup. And I just really, I think Brummer is just amazing. So, yeah, he's my top wicket taker and player of the series. I was, I'd love to see Ray and Ahmed up there. That'd be so good, but... Probably won't happen because it'll get rotated a little bit. But yeah, interesting choices from both of you as well. I, I went with the boring one when it came to the wickets, and I think Jadeja for the player of the series as well because of just what he can do with the bat. And I think his batting will come into come into play at number seven as well, given that this that we've seen many 
batting collapses to spin in home conditions from the indian team as well i mean if you remember the last time i think was it uh against england itself where we saw there were there were a lot of times i mean given the score line and given how india won those matches it really gets undersold that ashwin jadeja and akshar were actually india's i would say india's best players with a bat as well on that series because there were so many times not just with the ball but with the bat as well that they bailed the team out of trouble and it was even the case against australia the last time as well so i think we'll see a few batting collapses to spin from india but um i think these guys will come in i uh, i mean i think that's completely sure i mean ashwin was the fifth highest run scorer in 2021 series yeah <laughs> he made a, a brilliant 100 in the in the second test i think it was and and yeah kind of just showing i remember yeah jadeja and axar england just some like just about managing to to get through the the indian batting lineup just for axar and jadeja to walk out and and smack it rounds and get another 100 on the board off not many balls and i think it it could be similar again this time will be interesting if it gets down to that again because india will be put to the test if that happens but as we move towards the end of of this episode guys michael let me start with you on this final score predictions for the series oh i don't know it's not i don't think it's going to be good for england uh yeah i i can, I can see from your face right now you're not too happy uh maybe this prediction <laughs> Um, I reckon four one India. India win. Uh, actually no, three one. One is going to be a draw. Yeah, I agree. I think three one as well is what what I have in mind with the Rajkot test. I think, uh, where we, I'm expecting to see the best batting conditions of the series, the third test match in Rajkot, because we've known Rajkot. While of course you've seen it at times being spin heavy as well, but it's expected to be. the best batting track of the series because we've seen rajkot across formats over the years produce really high scoring matches so maybe i think that could be the drawn test the third one but uh, i think we'll get a result in every other game toby i was tempted to say 3-1 as well but just to be different i think i'm going to go 3-2 and i think it kind of mm. makes sense in the way that this england team don't draw that many tests that aren't rained off and i wouldn't assume that there'd be much rain at, at this point in india um given it's the dry season i think so i yeah i'm going to go 3-2 and but i think england uh, india will sorry will seem like the dominant side and the two games england win will probably be a bit more of luck and the low scoring thrillers maybe um where where england sort of someone hits a, a really good 60-70 maybe someone joe root maybe gets 100 but i think it's going to be a very good series for for india in particular yeah that's what it looks like right now but uh despite what we think about the series eventually being a bit one sided i think everyone will be happy if we end up seeing a series that goes around the wire so we'll hope that happens um fans in the uk can you know watch watch the series on tnt sports again uh just like the last time the deal has come through at the 11th hour where tnt has backed the rights to the series and a few days ago we thought we would not get to watch this series in the uk but thankfully uh, we will be watching it on tnt sports fans in india can watch it on sports 18 and on the geo cinema app which is uh for the first time in a while that 
Hotstar, Disney Plus Hotstar does not have the streaming rights in India. So yeah, it starts on the 25th, which I want to say is Thursday. And yes, it is a Thursday morning, early morning, 4 a.m. start, guys. Michael, do you think you're going to wake up at 4 a.m. or going to miss the first session? No, I have my last exam on Wednesday. I'm not getting up early uh, on Definitely Thursday. Definitely not 4 a.m. then. <laughs> no, I'll be up at uh, eight o'clock. I'll catch, uh, I'll just miss the first four rounds. Toby, what about you? Excited for the 4 a.m. starts? I wasn't when uh, we were seeing some of the starts of the World Cup as well, but yeah. I mean, similar to Mike, well, same as Michael, I have, I have a final exam on Wednesday, so depending on, on how well the exam goes and the celebrations are after, it might depend whether I might still be up at 4am. Yeah, that, that could happen. I mean, if the exams go well, uh, we could be uh, celebrating and just not sleep at all to catch <laughs> the first day from the first ball itself. So yeah, we'll see how that works. But uh, even if we don't get up at 4am, we'll be definitely bringing you extensive coverage of the series through the One Shot podcast and through some of the written content that we do on the Sports Gazette as well. So please do check out our content that we've been doing. We'll be doing a bit of preview stuff on the Sports Gazette as well, uh, which will heavily be Michael, Toby and myself doing that content. So keep an eye out on the Sports Gazette for the stuff that we do and stay tuned to the One Shot Podcast. Guys, uh, great having you all back on this Comeback episode, I should say, of the One Shot Podcast after a short little break. Any final thoughts before we close this? Hopefully England have a chance here, but but I think as we've all predicted it, it might not be uh, as tight a series as everyone will be hoping. Yeah, I, I, I'm I looking forward to seeing England play Test cricket again, but I'm not looking forward to seeing us get bowled out for 50 runs, which I think might happen every time. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us today and thank you for to, to everyone who's tuning in for listening to us on the one shot podcast today we'll be back very soon next week where uh, we'll talk to you during the test match as well i believe and uh, we'll bring you constant updates on the one shot podcast and on the sports gazette as well so until then have uh, a good start to your week enjoy the start of the test matches and we'll see you soon on the one shot podcast Sports Social Podcast Network.